<clears throat> it's a pleasure this morning again. And, and you know, I'm not going to keep you very, 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 very long <laughs> because Sister uh, Pastor Eva need to get some rest. <laughs> she said she didn't sleep last night. <laughs> so she, after this service, she need to go down on the bed and lay down for a while and just rest. Okay? So I'm not going to keep you long. But the message that the Lord gave me to deliver this morning, you know, I have to deliver it. And so um, let's pray. Father, I thank you again for the awesome privilege you constantly give me to present your word to your people. I thank you for trusting me with your word to deliver it accurately, Lord. And I just ask that your Holy Spirit will speak through me this morning. And even what I prepare, if he needs to change it, he can go right ahead and do so. But Lord, let your will be done. Let the, the hearts of the people be receptive to your word and bear fruit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The, um, the title of my message this morning is Fighting the Invisible Battle. Fighting the Invisible Battle. I don't know how many of us truly believe that we are fighting a battle that is unseen, but real. Unseen, but very, very real. And because some of us really truly don't, we believe it, but we don't act it out. So we speak, open our mouth and we speak stupidly and we say the wrong things. And when we do that, we fall into the enemy's camp. But we are fighting an invisible battle. And the scripture I'm about to read to you, you have heard it a million times, but you must hear it again. And this scripture is worth writing out, type it out, frame it, and put it in your bedroom, your kitchen, and your living room. So that when you get into a fight with your husband, or your wife, or your kids, whatever the situation may be, you will look at it and you will realize that the battle you're fighting is not a physical one. It is very much a spiritual battle, an unseen battle. You can't touch it. You can't see it with your eyes, but it is real and it's affecting your life every day. There are things that are fighting you that you cannot see. But the power of God will reveal them. The power of God will reveal them. Every child of God is ordained a man or woman of exploit. Every child of God. On three fronts, by redemption, we are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew chapter 13, verse chapter 5, verse 13 through 14. We are the salt of the earth. If we lose our saltiness, where can we go to regain it? We are people of exploit.
by the Abrahamic covenant. Only kings and nations come from his line. Only kings and nation comes from Abraham's line. By the Abrahamic covenant, we are supposed to be men and women to be reckoned with. To be reckoned with. And thy seed shall all the family of the earth be blessed. That's the Abrahamic covenant. But why are we pitied? Why are we downcast? And we are such powerful people. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, because a great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. Paul speaking. He says, a great and effective door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. You know, I was at work yesterday, and today is the Gay Pride um, celebration in Manhattan. And people from all over the world comes to Manhattan at this time of the year. It's a crazy place. If you go out there right now, it's a crazy place. And so I was watching as they put up the barriers along the sidewalk, okay? And I saw the police dog, dogs going and, and looking, going to every crevice. What are they searching for? Bombs. Because why? Because the gay um, people have many enemies. They have many adversaries. And so the police is making sure that there are no bombs planted along the way. We, as children of God, we have many adversaries. We do. Many of us, we don't really believe it. If Paul were to, had to say that about himself, what about us? Do you think we don't have them? They're all around us. <laughs> Why are they there? Why are these adversaries always present? I'll tell you why. Every single person on this platform has a purpose. God has created us with a purpose to fulfill on this earth. We have a destiny we must complete. And the enemy's job is to see that we never accomplish it. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. We all have a purpose to fulfill. And the enemy, the adversary of, adversary of our soul, he knows it very well. You may not even realize it, but he knows that your purpose and he's going to stop you at any way he can. He will do whatever it takes to see that you never get there. 
It will destroy your life, your marriage, your career, and his aim is to stop you from achieving your destiny that God has ordained from the womb for you to accomplish. He has to distract you from your purpose. And I tell you, he does a very good job of that with many of us. He distracts us so easily. We are greatly affected by the demonic world when we open the doors of our life to them. I'm going to repeat that. We are greatly affected by the demonic world when we open our lives to them. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me <coughs> to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. I want you to notice something. That the prophet is describing two kinds of people. Two kinds of people. Behind bars. The captives and the prisoners. The captives and the prisoners. Prisoners are criminals whom a judge sentenced to jail. It takes a court order from the judge to release spiritual prisoners. Captives are people who have been imprisoned through lies and deception of the devil. The only way a captive can be freed is by the knowledge of the truth. Knowledge of the truth. Many of us are captives because we are led astray by the lies and deception of the enemy. And he leads us by our nose. The prisoner, and I'll show you a great example of this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 35. Let me, let me read it to you. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. Verse 21. Okay, verse, starting from verse 21. I'm going to read it slowly. The parable of the unforgiving servant. This is a prisoner. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother who sinned against me? Up to seven, seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle an account with his servant. When he began to settle the account, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a few million dollars in today's currency. But since he was not able to pay his master, his master ordered that he be sold with his wife 
their children on all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees and plead with him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and entreated him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. But he would not and went and threw him in prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what took place, they were very sorry and went and told their master all that had taken place. Then his master, after he had summoned him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, even as I pity on you? His master was angry and delivered him to the jailer until he should pay all his debt. That's a prisoner. Let me tell you something. Unforgiveness opens the door to demonic spirit. Hear me very clearly this morning. Unforgiveness opens the doors to the invisible enemy that you can't see. And he comes in your life and cause you pain. I'm going to give you an example of this. I, I told it. I told this testimony in the last Bible study, I think, but it's worthwhile mentioning. Again, Ruth had a friend that had a severe back pain. She couldn't come out of bed. She couldn't go to work. Couldn't leave the bed. And Ruth said to me, she's going to drive to go to her house to see her, to pray with her. I said to Ruth, when you get there, call me. I want her to do the communion. So call me when you get there, and we all, of, all three of us will do the communion with her. So she got there, and um, she called me, and she got the wine and the bread. And before she could partake of it, I said to her, I call, I'm not going to call her name. I said to her, I'm going to ask you a question before I do any of this. Is there anyone in your life that you have not forgiven, that have done you something wrong that you have not forgiven? Before I could finish the statement, the girl said, yes, my ex-husband. She said, yes, yes, yes. I said, listen, we can't go any further with this communion or praying for your healing until you go to the Lord that you serve and ask him to forgive you and you have to forgive your ex-husband from your heart and then we will proceed. And she did. She confessed and she prayed and she forgave her husband 
And she asked the Lord to forgive her. I said to her, now we can do the communion and then we will pray for the back pain. I did the communion. I read from my, um, John chapter six, my favorite communion verses. I read from that. And after I was finished with the communion, I Ruth placed her hand on her back and we prayed. I came off the phone. I put the phone down. I went on doing what I was doing. 10 minutes went by and the phone rang. I picked it up. It was Ruth on the phone. She said, honey, she's walking. She's walking. She's eating. She's eating melon. She's, she's walking. Great excitement. And the following day, she was able to go to work. Let me, let, me, let me instruct you. Don't you ever pray for anyone that come before you and said, I have back pain. I have this problem. Could you pray for me? No. Don't just jump and do that. Go to the root of their problem. Many times the root of their problem is in the spiritual realm. They have opened doors to the enemy and the enemy comes in and torment their lives. What was this girl's spiritual problem? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. It is said that unforgiveness is the number one reason why Christians are oppressed. Unforgiveness. And they don't take note of it. Because we always deal with the fruit and not the root. We are so conscious of dealing with the fruits and we never seek to find out what is the root of this problem. We have to learn that we have to live according to God's principle that he has laid down in his word. Anytime we deviate from it, the enemy have legal right to come in and make havoc of our life. He does. I am. <laughs> Another reason we give the devil to enter our life and mess it up is when we try to mix light with darkness. We try to mix light with darkness. We are serving God, but we are serving the enemy also. I'm going to read something to you, and I want you to listen very carefully. Listen to this as I read it. You remember in chapter one, I told you about a panic attack that I, that I had that lasted over three years. It has started with the intense thought, I am going to die. That's the writer speaking. In the third year of my nervous breakdown, I was in a hotel room in Las Vegas. I had just brought, bought that Union 76 station and the company required me to attend a week of training. I had never, I had never flown before, and to make a matter worse, I had serious. He had problem with flying. 
When I finally arrived at the hotel room in downtown LA, I was a basket case. Now I had to spend a week in my hotel room by myself. I was terrified of being alone in a big city. The torment that week intensified as I thought, as I fought off the spirit of death. Then one night towards the end of the week, in the midst of this warfare, I asked God, how did this spirit of death get access to my life? How did this spirit of death get access to my life? Immediately, I heard the Lord say, a man was in love with your mother when she was young. And he, con he convinced her to let him read tarot cards for her. Out of jealousy, he cursed, <coughs> he cursed your family, killing your father and, and sabotaging your mother's future. I was floored. I was floored, he said. It was past midnight, yet I was compelled to call my mother. She answered the phone half asleep. But she listened intently as I recounted what the Lord had shown me. Then I said, Mom, do you know anything at all about the situation? There was a long pause. I could hear my mother weeping on the other end of the phone. Mom, mother, do you know anything about this? I, press, I pressed. Yes, she said, her voice quivering. When I was a teenager and was dating your, fathers, your father, a much older man fell in love with me. He was a close friend of your grandfather and was very jealous of your father. One day he came over to our house and asked if he could read my future. I was young and ignorant. And I had no tarot cards and began to tell me about my future. You will be married three times, he proclaimed. Your first marriage will end in disaster and your other two marriage will be filled with trouble. By now, my mother was weeping uncontrollable on the phone. Mom, do you realize that this man did not just tell you your future? He caused it. I told her. He cursed you, releasing evil spirit to carry out his declaration. Yes, I realize that now. of the story. Six months before your father drowned in Anderson Dam, he woke up every night screaming, I am going to die, I am going to die, I am going to die. I would try hard to comfort him, but nothing seemed to help, she said, as if reliving a nightmare. Although 
He was an excellent swimmer. A few months later, he drowned. Mom, you need to ask God to forgive you for allowing that man to, to read tarot card for you. I realized that you allowed it in your ignorance and, and in your innocence and ignorance, but it still opened a door of destruction to our family lineage. The curse of the fear of death has passed down to me and my children, and it is trying to kill me as it did my father. That night, my mother repented for her sin and renounced any covenant she had with that man to, to embracing his words. Little did I know that this would be a foundation for my deliverance that would take place just a few months later. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? When we get mixed up in the devil's world, we open doors to him and he comes in and destroys our lives. There may be somebody on this line listening to me this morning and they have gone to these people to tell them their future and now their life is in a total mess and they don't know why. I am saying to you this morning, go before the Lord and repent and he will forgive you and turn your life around. But until you do that, your life will be in a torment. Yes, it will. It will. Because we open doors to the unseen world. The devils know that when we sin and when we are in his camp, he has legal right to enter our life and mess it up. Many of you can relate to what I'm talking about. Many of you can. But let's look at the forces of liberty. The forces of liberty that set us free. The force of light. The force of light. Our battle is against the force of darkness. So our, our greatest defense is the force of light. The scripture tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the ruler of this darkness of this world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We have to engage the power of light to dislodge the power of darkness. You have to engage it. It's yours to engage. Jesus speaking concerning his betrayal, he said to Judas, this is your hour, this is your hour when darkness reigns. So essentially our fight is against the force of darkness. That's where our fight is. It's, a, it's against the forces of darkness. The ultimate weapon of Satan is darkness. That's his ultimate weapon. We need to put on the armor of light to dislodge the force of darkness. We are born to enjoy liberty. 
the Son of God came to set you and I free from the binding of the hell, a binding of hell. He came to set us free from the bondages of hell. So from the first day you were born, you were on your way to liberty, on your way to freedom. The devil can't bind you anymore, but you must know it. You must know what you have. We have to know what the redemption has brought us. What has redemption done for us? You must know your position in salvation. What is your position in this great salvation that we celebrate? Remember that armor of light is simply the armor of revelation. It reveals to us who we are in Christ. That's what the word does. It reveals to us who we truly are in Christ and what we possess. That the enemy knows, but we fail to acknowledge and realize. He knows. <laughs> he says, the entrance of my word giveth light. Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of his word giveth light and give understanding to the simple. So the armor of light is the word of God showing you who you are in Christ. And this becomes your seal of authority. This becomes your seal of authority. The armor of light. Once you recognize who you are in Christ. When you are saved, what happened? You are raised up with Christ together with him. We are raised up with him together with him. That's what the scripture says. Ephesians 2, verse 5 through 6. And made to sit with him in heavenly places. Raised up with him and sit with him in heavenly places. That's our position. So salvation established a new seat for you and I. We are seated with him in the heavenly places. That's a new seat. Now you ask the question, where does this place located? Where is this place located? Okay, here it is. He raised him up from the dead and seated him at the right hand at, in, at his right hand places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and he put all things in subjection under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church which is his body the fullness of him. This is not a, a theory. It's not a theory. This is something that is written in heaven forever and ever. It is written down. We are seated with him in heavenly places. We have the authority and we have the power and the enemy knows it, but we fail to use it.
So what is this telling us? If you are saved, you are positioned for above witches, warlords, familiar spirit. You are far above them. They can't touch you unless you open the doors to them. That's your position. Far above them. All the witches, all the warlords, all the familiar spirit. You're far above them. Amen, amen. And they know it. That's the sad thing about it. And they're hoping that you will never discover it. So they can mess up your life on a daily basis. You speak to them and they have to respond. They must go because you have the authority. Now you know your position in Christ. This is the foundation of our liberty. This is the foundation of our liberty in Christ. We must have this far above mentality. We have to have this far above mentality. And I speak to myself also. We have to have it far above we are seated. Far above mentality. When you speak to the demonic spirit, they will flee. Because they are aware that you know your position. They are aware that you know your position. So they flee. The scripture says, if the foundation is faulty, the righteous can do nothing. Our foundation cannot be faulty. It is not faulty. Psalms, Psalms 11. In John 1, chapter 1, verse 1 and 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him, and without him, nothing was created that was created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shone in darkness, but the darkness has not overcome or comprehended. Light is the master of darkness. Light is the master of darkness. So the situation that you may be going through right now, you said this situation is extraordinary. It is not. <coughs> it is your understanding that is inadequate. It is your understanding. It's not that the situation is extraordinary. It is your understanding that is inadequate. You don't know who you are in your position in Christ, that you are far above principalities and powers. You shall know the truth, the scripture says, and the truth shall set you at free. The truth shall set you free. You will come out of prison. You will not remain a prisoner or a captive. <laughs> My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Isaiah 4, 6. We are destroyed because we don't have adequate knowledge. Your knowledge of the truth is your escape route for every form of destruction. Your knowledge of the truth is your escape route for every form of destruction when you know the truth. 
By redemption, we are citizens of heaven. Every single person on this line, you are a citizen of heaven. The scripture says there was war in heaven. But Satan was not permitted to remain there. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 8, there was war in heaven, but Satan was not permitted to remain there. Satan fought with his angel. Michael and his angel fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought with his angel, but it did not prevail. Where we are, Satan is not permitted to prevail. Where we are, Satan is not permitted to prevail. Write it down. He's not permitted to prevail. He could not prevail in heaven. He will not prevail in your life. I often wonder, I see people, Christians live defeated lives. And it makes my soul sad because they don't know who they are. They just simply don't know. Because to know, you have to spend time in the word. Every time you open the word, it is telling you who you are. Every time you open it. It's telling you who you are in Christ. So if you never read it, if you never meditate on it, if you never study it, you will never know. No matter how I preach to you, or pastor ever preach to you, or whoever preach to you, you'll never, you have to open it for yourself and find out who you are in Christ Jesus. We live defeated life because we, we fail to recognize two things, that they, we are fighting an invisible battle, it never stops. And we also fail to realize that we are seated far above principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And when we speak, the witches, the warlord, the familiar spirit, they have to go because we, we know the authority that we carry. Yes. Yes. So if this morning you're on this line and you're going through a situation and you don't understand why you're going through it, I beg you, check your life. Go back into your life and look back and see if there's unforgiveness. See if they have messed with the witchcraft, the occultists. Look into your life. Go back. And after you do that, you go before the Lord and repent and ask his forgiveness. And once you do that, he will forgive you. And remember one thing, you have to forgive yourself. Many of us go around living our life and we fail to forgive ourselves. God has forgiven us. He has forgiven us of, of the things that we did that we shouldn't have done. But we go around with this guilt and we only keep ourselves back. We keep ourselves back. So I'm saying to you this morning, as I conclude, please be conscious of how you love, how you live your life. Be conscious of how you live your life. We have a purpose to fulfill. Do not give space to the enemy, but use the light of God's word to dislodge him 
from your life. Use the light of God's word to dislodge him from your life. And I conclude. That is enough to take you through this week. If you grasp what I just said to you this week, you are going to see changes in your life. You're going to see changes. That's enough to take you through this week. You'll never forget it. That's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to deliver to you this morning. You must know who you are and the position you hold in Christ Jesus. Far above. Far above mentality. Far above mentality. Let's pray. Father, I delivered. You spoke. You used this vessel. And I delivered, Father. May your people take what, I, what you said to them this morning seriously and see their lives change. Oh, Father, help us to know, truly know, who we are in Christ Jesus and the position that he has placed us in with him seated far above the darkness of this world. We thank you for your love. We thank you for redemption. We thank you for salvation. We thank you that our name is written in the book of life. Thank you, Lord. It's in the majestic and awesome and wonderful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Yeshua, that I pray. Amen and amen and amen.